0: I'm glad you're here to, because today I want to talk to you about the secret to building your child, your teen, or your young adult's confidence, especially if they're autistic or neurodivergent or have other unique struggles and challenges. One of the greatest basketball players of all time was the late Kobe Bryant. Did you know? At one time, he had upwards of a thousand more missed shot attempts than any other player in NBA history. Now, why is this significant? Because his confidence didn't come because he always made his shots. It takes a lot of confidence to make that many missed shots to fail to score that many times, more than any other players in the league and not give up. Our children and our teens and our young adults fail a lot. Our autistics and our ADHDers and neurodivergence, they fail even more in certain areas. There's an important secret to building their confidence And I'm not talking about the kind of confidence that has to do with things that they're already good at. I'm talking about their self-confidence to try things that they're not good at. Building their self-confidence impacts whether they're even willing to try things. So many of our students that come to our school techie for life, where we mentor autistic and neurodivergent young adults and, and help them with adult teen and their next steps and find their educational career path. So many of them do not want to even try. Like they've, they've had so many fails and so many bad experiences that they don't even want to try new things. And they're really good at, at getting it out of them or avoiding them or coming up with rationalizations for why they don't want to even try it. Building self-confidence impacts how they try, like how they actually show up and attempt things, what they bring to it. Kobe Bryant brought incredible determination. He came, he showed up, he learned, um, he adjusted, he got coaching, he received feedback. I mean, you know, to be able to perform at that level that he was willing to do whatever it took to be able to do well building self confidence impacts their ability to actually de- develop in general to develop basic skills and 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 then to just overall develop as a person building their self confidence helps them succeed and for some of them to be able to succeed despite their disabilities there's many very successful people with disabilities in our world, and they have been able to succeed even though they have disabilities or big odds against them. And many parents are inadvertently contributing to lowering self-confidence, and it's keeping children, teens, and young adults stuck. When you help them build their self-confidence, you help them live into their future instead of hiding from it. And so I want to talk to you about how you can do this. And one of the big secrets to really building their self-confidence, being able to support them in developing that self-confidence. The secret is it's time to embrace fails. When you try to prevent your young person from failing, right? When you try to prevent them from failing all the time, you send the message that fails are bad. But fails are how we learn what doesn't work. If they learn that fails are bad, they can't learn the lessons of fails. They learn shame. If fails are bad and I fail, then I'm bad. I must be bad. Something's wrong with me. I'm broken. Now this can come in to show up in some more subtle nuanced ways if you overprotect your child your teen your young adult if you try to protect them from making mistakes they will never get the practice that they need to be able to develop i am not a fan of preventing a child from having a smartphone now there's certain times and under certain circumstances but when I hear someone say blanket I'm not giving my kid a a smartphone until they're 18 I think oh wow that's going to be a little rough when they are now an adult out of your home and have to learn how to manage themselves on that device and they are going to get a smartphone like they become an adult they're going to go get one they'll pay for that probably over anything else that they pay for (laughs) with their job so Wouldn't it be better if they were in your home being able to practice learning how to manage themselves on it and making lots of mistakes with it and then learning how to actually do well with it? So that's just one example, right? It's really important to remember that and to understand that doing it right is not the goal. It's not really the big goal here. When we're looking at the big picture, doing it right isn't the goal. Learning how to learn is the big goal. What worked? What didn't? Kind of, we're talking like scientific method kind of stuff here. How to how to be successful is learning how to do the process, which means lots and lots of fails, lots and lots of experimenting and trying different things. And then testing it, right? Testing it, you try it. Okay, that didn't work, but that kind of worked. So now if I do a little more of that and then we try again and we keep going. The goal isn't to get it right. The goal is to support their self-confidence, their belief in themselves that they can figure it out or that they can find out how to figure it out or that they can go to someone and ask for help for how to figure it out. And that... They can figure it out, and it's worth the hard work and time and effort that it takes sometimes to figure it out. That's so much more valuable and more important than getting it right. So how do we really do this? How do you really go in and support building your young person's self-confidence? There, there's some key things that I think can really make a big difference that I want to offer to you that I have learned over the years. And I've made mistakes in all these areas and have learned how quickly some of these things can make a big impact for your, for your loved one. I highly encourage you to offer empathy, okay? When they make a mistake, when they fail, when it doesn't go like they thought it would, We want to offer empathy, but not in a rushed way. Okay, do not rush this. Don't rush through empathy to tell them how to do it better or to correct them. We want to be with them in that fail. We want to help them co-regulate and learn how to manage their emotions, the negative emotions that come up when things don't go like they did, wanted it to, or, or when they feel embarrassed, okay? We don't want to rush this. This is an important part of learning and being able to sit with and tolerate and and have someone be with you in that fail that experience is so powerful so so when you're looking at supporting self-confidence we want to offer a lot of empathy emotional co-regulation as they're stumbling along another important piece of this is that we want to we have a tendency to focus on the outcome well here's the goal so we got to get that goal and yay you did it you got you you know you scored the goal you um you shot the shot and you made the basket and you scored the point yay and we focus on that that like result that outcome but i want to encourage you that if you want to build self-confidence you want to praise their efforts you want to praise their courage for taking the shot their hard work in practicing and developing the fundamentals like you know like if if they were playing basketball for example you want to praise their efforts you want to praise their work ethic you want to praise their determination not just getting the score or the point or the check mark and then this this next point goes along with that it's along the same lines I actually encourage you to delight in their fail actually delight in it and delight in their learning in the process I watched a I saw recently saw an interview clip with Kobe Bryant and he talked about how if you focus on winning Or focusing, or if you focus on not losing, you're not going to do as well. That he actually focused on the game, like on the process in the moment. He was focused on what he was doing in that moment. And I think truly, if you watch him play, he delighted in that. He delighted in playing basketball. And it was not so much about winning or losing, it was about being capable and skilled at playing basketball so we want to detach ourselves from the score we want to detach ourselves from our child winning the game or getting the certain outcome or doing well on on their grades at school or whatever it might be and we want to delight in their process in the experience of what they're going through and doing we want to actually delight in their fails it can be actually funny. It can be entertaining. It can be like, wow, oh my gosh, I failed so bad at this. And it's a way that we can actually connect to them. And when we share our fails and we delight in our fails, I tried to do this thing and I totally thought I could do it. And then I went to do it and I just was terrible at it. And And we laugh and we we laugh at how bad it was. And then we connect over that, right? But I- I went for it, right? And I'm, I'm still valid. I'm still a good person. I'm still worthwhile, even though I failed miserably at something. If you've ever made pancakes, usually your first pour to make the first pancake of the batch comes out so terrible. I don't know why that is. I've made pancakes over and over and over over the years, but that first one is just like it either gets undercooked or overcooked or it's messy or like lumpy i don't know what the deal is with that first pancake but we can totally laugh like who wants the reject first pancake it doesn't mean i'm terrible or bad person because i can't make a pancake or that the that the second one i make won't be as you know won't will be terrible too right it's just failing it's part of the process of making pancakes is you're probably going to have some some ones that don't come out as beautiful and nice and shaped nicely and cooked just right So delight in their fails. And then, and really, if if you're catching the theme of what I'm saying, it's really be with them in the process. Be with them in it, let go of the urge to rush it, to fix it, to make them feel better about it. Be with them in it, be with them in the misery sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. You are really struggling. I'm so sorry that this is so hard that it's not coming to you as easy to, as you'd like. Um, I know you care about this and you want to do well. This is really tough, right? Like be with them in it. Let go of the urge to rush in and fix it or tell them how to do it better or take some of the discomfort away, but be with them in it. And and it shows that you, that you have confidence in them to get through it. It shows that you're not a, afraid of, or that you're disappointed in them for failing. Like it's saying, I'm with you in it. This is part of the process and it's okay. And I'm with you in it. We're going to be okay. Your worth, my, my love for you has nothing to do with how well you perform or don't perform. And I'm not going to be disappointed in you if you fail, but I'm going to be with you in the disappointment because it is disappointing to fail. It is challenging. It's frustrating. It's stressful sometimes. and I can hold that with you. I can be with you in that discomfort. You're not alone. And maybe in all of this, simply know when they know that you are there for them and you have their back in those fails, that they they don't have to do this by themselves. they're not going to be judged for those fails. I mean that's the stuff of some real self-confidence. like I'm I'm gonna be okay that helps them kind of borrow our confidence in them and and start to have that become their self-concept is that they are confident and they can do things and they're willing to be terrible until they can figure out and learn it. And as you're parenting, it's the same thing. If you're willing to be terrible at it, when you're trying out new tools or new approaches, and it doesn't quite go like you think it will the first time. And you keep at it. You're willing to suck at it and then keep at it and keep trying and laugh at yourself when it doesn't work. Maybe the first time you try to offer empathy, you like really offer it. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like sometimes it might just feel really awkward or uncomfortable if you're not used to offering empathy, for example. But we as parents, if we're willing to suck it up, if we're willing to be terrible and fail at things, if we're willing to share our own fails with our kids and still love ourselves in those fails and not be afraid to share our fails and our insecurities with our kids we are modeling self-confidence and we're actually building our own self-confidence in that process so let's get out there and take some shots and miss a bunch and learn from them and do it with self-confidence I hope you have an amazing week. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com.